off. Oh. Did it work? Uh, it totally did. Hell yeah. I'm Sterling. When I play this back, it's going to be gross, but whatever. Oh. Uh, uh, I'm Sterling. I'm Alex. This is the Alex and Sterling Watch the Podcast. This is the show where we watch, drink, and review. Um, this week, we decided to make Sterling wait to cheers himself. <laughs> I was wondering how distracting that was. <laughs> All right, we're, let's cheers. Ooh, whoa, you have a fancy drink. What's that? Tequila. Mmm. And ice. What's in it, though? What's the green thing in it? There's a lime in there. So fancy. Yeah, so what makes it a little bit fancier is that normally I like uh, like Blanco or Silver tequila. And... You have, like, Patron now? No, this one is... Um, Oh my gosh, what is the next one up? Reposado. And then there's, uh, so like the three is like, like basically the clear one, like silver or blanco. There's a slightly colored, like kind of a yellowy color that's been aged more called Reposado. And then Añejo, which has been aged longer. So it's like technically Añejo is like the, the higher quality one. Um, I have one of each right now. That was a gift from somebody, uh, but the this is this is the funny part. So the silver and the añejo are the same brand, but the añejo is a big bottle. The silver is a tiny bottle, and then <laughs> the middle one, the reposado, is like a relatively cheap brand. So I'm trying to go through the cheap one, and then go through the nice bottle of the other two. So. I'm, this is this is a cheap reposado. That makes sense to me. And then you can just have you can just hang on to the nicer ones. Yeah, because that the big bottle of the nicer one, it's probably like a forty dollar bottle of tequila, which in the grand scheme of things isn't crazy, but it's about twice as much as I would pay for my normal tequila. So <laughs> right, <laughs> so it's worth it to you. So it's worth it to me to keep it around yeah. as long as I can. Yeah. We had, uh, Katie went to the store today, so we bought too many of these, uh, Shell, Shell House? Yeah, Shell House. It's just like a alcoholic spritzer thing. Oh, so it's a White Claw or a Truly. It's effectively that. Uh, and she's like, we we don't have any and i was like we have some because i don't drink them and then she bought some anyways so now we have a lot so i'm gonna drink these and then back to the normal theme Woo! oh no free pub to either of you sorry yeah no free pub i'll bleep that out oh good um i'm fucking real real stoked to talk about our thing <laughs> dude me too. Yeah, we're both fresh off of it. I finished it today. You finished it today. Yes, and it, everything about the way we watched it and everything about this show is so exciting that like the hype. I think not having it anymore is going to make me very sad. Yeah, uh, I, I'm jumping the gun here quite a bit, but I have to ask you: Did McCoy confirm that there's not going to be a second season of this? Or you said it's likely. I think it was likely. 
I'm not sure if it's confirmed. It's it's probably going to be, you know, based on how well it does. And if that... Is it new? Reception. Yeah, I think so. Oh. I think, like, if it's received well and is really popular, it'll be worth the risk. But if not, I'm sure that the risk was very expensive for these guys uh, to to make this happen. I can only fucking imagine. Yeah. It- God, it was so exciting, though. Um, what did we watch? So we fucking watched Hyperdrive, a uh, sports car drifting racing show in uh, racing slash obstacle course show on Netflix. Yeah, the best way I can describe it is Ninja Warrior with your car. That's that's spot on. Like, that's what it is. Um, it's fantastic. And what made me so pumped is literally the way we were introduced to the show and the fact that you're not a car guy. No. Me and McCoy always talk about cars, right? Within our group, we have, like, slightly varying interests. Yeah. You are interested in certain things. And then, like, our whole group is interested in, like, a broad range of certain things. But then me and McCoy go off in this, like, oh, we both love cars. And then, you know, like, you and Dom go off and you have your things. And you and McCoy have your things. And it's, like, this weird combination of, like, everybody liking different shit with each other. Yeah. And this last weekend, we had, uh, you know, we broke quarantine went to assist our buddy in ripping up carpet at a cabin. I feel like we were pretty good. It's not like we were making out. I know a lot of people hate that joke. And it is a joke. Alex and I say that frequently. And people are like... It's hilarious. It's hilarious. People are like... (laughs) Making out or anything. What do you mean by that? (laughs) Like, shut up. It's a fucking joke. Normally, the fuck kind of homo shit is this? It's like, it's fine. Everything's fine. I think we should step it up and be like, I mean, we were pretty good. We we made out, but we washed our hands. <laughs> <laughs> See what people say then. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in for that. Um, but yeah, like we were pretty good about it. Um, you know, made sure everybody was pretty safe. And in the times we weren't working and out we were watching this show. And Wait, I have to tell you about the the progression and something that I missed. I don't know if everybody else missed it, but I missed it by a fucking mile. So, we when we weren't working, the first thing we brought up was the floor is lava. Okay? Do you remember that? It's the I Netflix do. show where People are literally trying to navigate through an obstacle course. So it was like lame to us, but then I watched it with Katie, and I I think it's just the audience, because Katie and I fucking ate it up. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, definitely the thing with sports cars is what you watch with your boys. But we we switched from The Floor is Lava to Hyperdrive without even realizing, or me without realizing, that it's the same host in both. Is it really? Yes, dude. I had no idea. And Katie, I tried to get her into hyperdrive. I had to try. She hated it. And then we go back to Flora's Lava, and she's like, wait, it's the same guy. And she said it 
and I knew it to be true the second she said that. I was like, oh my fucking god, I missed this, and you're so right. It's the what is what is his name? Rutledge. It's a wacky name. I don't know which guy because it's for I would sure not beard. Uh, the fighter. No, 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 no. The guy with was the it the guy with the glasses. The, with glasses, Rutledge Wood. So he was on uh, Top Gear too, I think. Oh, okay. So he was the car guy. So he's legitimately so his real place that he belongs is hyperdrive uh but i think like he just has a fun happy energy and he and he's does. so he i think has they, the announcer yeah. voice yeah that, like, allows him to to really just say anything with some kind of authority and fun energy yeah like Wow, she really took it to the face right there. Let's go to the slow mo and see what happened. Like that. Yeah, you fucking nailed that. That's exactly him. Um, yeah. So he, he's actually yeah. I I pictured him as the person from Flora's Lava, but he's actually a car guy. Like he is a, a legit car sports analyst. Um, and he was a perfect person for Hyperdrive. And I realized after knowing this that they constantly referred to him for like in-depth knowledge on the cars like the other two guys didn't know shit about cars like they were just yeah. talking about the the people but it was rutledge who's talking about the fried fucking cylinders on uh axel francois's car and stuff you know yeah exactly and like you could hear some of the things he would say would just make more sense and stand out more than the other guys who were like oh man did you see that and it's like yeah, but do you he, know what it meant? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he would... Looks like his car is broken! And turns to Rutledge. Yeah, the suspension fell. I mean... <laughs> so he would he would just kind of, like, peel back the layers of the onion and explain it. Which was cool. He's a must-have for the show. Yeah, it was... He was good. I liked him. Um, But... I want to talk about what made this show so addicting? So let's... Can you go over the premise of the show? Like, what it's all about? Yeah. So, okay. So, the... Like I mentioned before, it's like Ninja Warrior for cars. And I think they originally started off with, what, 28 people? A lot. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. Like Something like 28, 24 drivers. Um... From all around the world, which is something I loved. That was sick. People from Germany, uh, Brazil, France, South Africa, you know, America. Um, I don't know if there was a Canadian in there, but like there was just yeah, a ton thinking. of different people. Japan and yeah. all with their own cars. So whatever they've built at home or in whatever shops that they have deals with or whatever, like their cars, bring them to this track. And the way the, the show is laid out as it should be is everybody has to kind of fly through this initial course and it kind of whittles people down. And then the last couple places have to do like a head to head death race type thing where it's like you know the last person or the last two people are going to get booted then the next time everybody does the main course there's a challenge added or a challenge changed 
Yeah. So the course gets harder and harder over time with challenges that people are familiar with, but they're a little different every time. And continually moving forward, the the people in the last place have to race against each other directly. And what I mean directly is that uh, everybody going through this course is going through it alone, and they're racing for time. So mm-hmm. every obstacle, like you have to hit, you know, these little colorful flap things, uh, or you have to get as tight as you can around a certain column, or you have to not hit this wall, or whatever the case, you're doing it alone for the fastest time. The yeah. two or three slowest times have to race at the same time on a separate course against each other. So it's like very intense and very still. <laughs> Holy shit! Like it, I was. Yelling. Some people just lived in that arena. They lived in that one v one. Dude, stage. it was so bad. Uh, Shredder did like five of those like in a row, dude. He was like <laughs> he couldn't escape it. I loved him. Me too, man. But does oh that my... mean he's just bad? If he's yes. always in last place. Yes. Yes, and they're like, "Ooh, here comes the wild card." And then I thought, "It's it's a bad driver wrapped with in a pretty bow." I don't think he's good. I think he just gets fucking crazy. But when even when he tries hard, he's not that good. Hence yeah. the part where he's in last place all the time. It hurt a little bit um, because he like he can drift like a madman. Like that was his strong suit, and he was very clean. Just doing all that but some of the other challenges required finesse uh, different skills finesse and that's not where he has any strength he's balls to the wall like full e-brake or full foot through the floor and it was tough it was tough to watch because he was doing so good and And then (laughs) just couldn't hack it and the I would say like the centerpiece of this whole obstacle course is this fucking huge bridge that's uh it's kind of like a giant seesaw and yeah in the begin I I would say the first half of the tournament the goal is to fly up this bridge as fast as you can without hitting the edge a little disappointed we didn't see anybody slam into the barrier at the very end right but I it must be scary as shit you know. If I were driving, I'd be like, I'd probably stop halfway on. Yeah. Thinking about it. but It's a little bit nerve-wracking. Basically, but. like, the bridge is leaning, like, hard on one side, and you have to drive up it as fast as you can to get as close to the edge as you can. Because the further you are along, the faster the bridge will fall matching the ground so you could get off the bridge, and it's better for your time. So it was first, like, a, a game of chicken, like, who's going to get closest to the edge, you know? And then it became a balancing act, like, who could balance this thing for 10 straight seconds, like, perfectly balanced. And then they, saw, they like, fucked with the weights and made it really, really sensitive. So Yeah, dude, that was infuriating. It, it really hurt, and, like, I felt so bad for the people that just couldn't fucking get it. Yeah, and I loved, so, one of the other fun aspects of the show is, not only do you have these drivers doing these crazy stunts on this beautiful track. I got to say, it's not just like a regular track, like in the middle of the desert that looks shitty. It is like a movie set track at night with lights and it's great. It's clean. Um, So it's really cool. But we have the drivers doing this track 
And then we have their spotters. And most of the time, these spotters are their friends, family, you know, spouses, whatever. Yeah. And it's so funny that some of these people maintain that respect of and like, what they am did I doing? What am I doing? Okay, him. back up. I'll go forward. And then some of these people are like, be quiet. I'm going to do it myself. And then they just like make it work. That happened on more than one occasion. It was kind of oh, crazy. Yeah. Uh, uh, remember, like, we didn't understand the role. Well, I, like, I, I can't speak for you, I guess. But in the beginning, I was like, what the fuck are these spotters here for? Is it just, like, emotional support? But then we saw, like, the clear difference between a really good one and a really bad one. And, like, it was uh, Axel Francois' wife that was, like, guiding him like fucking crazy. She was like, uh, uh, here's a turn coming in 100 meters break and then fucking slam on the gas for this one and then we saw like a, a one contestant from england who was so t- terrible such a joke i felt so bad that that was england's only rep like oh the guy with the van yeah what the hell I forgot about him backwards he went the wrong way and his his person his spotter was like panicked and didn't say anything it was like what you doing Go back. <laughs> <laughs> that was so bad. If I were if I were watching this and I were really into cars, I'd be like, bro, what the... F-? And if I were from England, I'd be like, are you fucking shitting me? Like, you chose the most stereotypical 60s, 70s English dude and you threw him on the track. That's so weak. Certainly there are better drivers. Guaranteed. And that's one thing I'm curious about is like... How do they source them? How how they were chosen? Because I was trying to tell Fal about this, like as I'm finishing up the show, you know, she asked, like, are they all American? And I'm like, they're not at all. Actually, in the part that I'm watching, there's only one American left. You know, there's a Japanese yeah. guy, there's a German guy, there's a French guy, there's like, there's only, you know, there's one American left, and. I don't know how they reached out about this show, but you've got to think they had thousands of people interviewing from everywhere, right? If they found a 14-year-old girl from South Africa or however old she was, so many people had to have applied for this, and how did they choose them? And you're right, in, like, let's take England specifically, there's got to be a better driver than that guy. No offense to that guy, because he was very entertaining and i think he had some unfortunate luck and <laughs> not the right car for the job but he seemed you know like a car guy yeah i th- you know i think uh, i think because it's technically like if you strip away the paint what you'll see is a reality tv show that's what it is yeah. right and i think personality counts and matters and if you think about the the last contestants all of them have like a cool story that adds on to everything so i'm thinking like these might not be the best drivers from their respective places except for legitimately they brought on the best woman driver best female driver of europe that was that was an exception like she was dubbed she was literally yeah the queen of europe the queen of europe <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh and but, those two guys from brazil those are probably the two best drivers of all time like yeah, but like what makes uh Diego interesting is that he's fucking 22, you know? He's a kid and they called him the babyface assassin the whole show. I love that. 
Um, so like everybody has a like a cool backstory, and I think that's important because it helps you. It, it it casts a wide net. So like that helped me watch the show. Like the things I found, I don't I don't give a shit about the the backstories. Like when they were like, when I was growing up, I was poor and I had to work seventeen jobs to get one tire at a time. I'm like I don't give a shit. But like if they're fun and they're cool, like I get I get emotional with that. Like if they're excited and they're fucking pumped and they're funny or they're upset when they do poorly, like I. I, I bond with the emotion. I don't give a shit about the backstory. Yeah, and, dude. Like, like that and the cool cars. And like when the cars look cool. And I didn't know that was a thing to fucking put on crazy paint jobs and crazy lights. That is dope. Love oh, yeah. That. Like fielding shredder. The, oh, is the, the, the like alarm lights. Amazing. Like the epitome of he had a cool looking car, but he had just a fun story. And except for his dad, that was very sad. His dad was a stroke. (laughs) But like his his whole story and his whole vibe was like, I'm a madman and I'm just gonna throw it into everything and just go crazy. And I was stoked that he represented America at the very end. It was very American. (laughs) Fucking outlaw is afraid of nothing and everybody loves him. I was like, yep, I'll take it. Oh yeah. And the Japanese guy at sushi. Oh, uh, it's my favorite. So it was the three I was hoping one of them would win. Yeah. Fielding Shredder, uh-huh. at sushi, and Axel. Those are my oh, dudes. Oh, you were so close. You were I so was, close on every account. I was so close. Before that, I wanted Brittany Williams to win. I was rooting for her because you were, and I ended up liking her a lot. I like her a lot. Uh, and the the reason I like her is a she seemed like a fun person, but first and foremost she has a 350z, which is what I drive. Sick. And I was like, get some girl, like you show everybody in the world what this car can do. And uh, she got farther than I thought. Um, I wanted her to go further, but um, unfortunately there was just some better drivers. You know, and yeah. I'm, I'm actually really glad, r- really glad at the at the distribution of this show. Not only like, uh, I guess, globally, like they had they didn't disparage like country or whatever. Like It was just like, yeah, uh, any country with a good driver is welcome in this competition. But they had a good split of dudes and chicks. And it wasn't like anything unfair that a dude would be better at or a girl would be better at. It was just drive your car through the same exact course as this other person. We're not putting limits or money or anything on what your car can do or what your car can have. Just your car being driven by you through the same course as everybody else. And I I really like that. Yeah, I did too. I like that like your car choice mattered and i like how they they didn't say like only one type of car is allowed you would like for example you'd have that guy from england with the fucking van or you'd have that rich dude from i forget forget where he was midwest somewhere but he had a legit lambo like the most expensive car in the whole tournament yeah oh my god watching he did two or three uh 
like challenger races head and head. his car he did it. very yeah. poorly yeah he he wasn't a good driver i think he just had money yeah and but, it's but well, i think cool his car last time yeah i think it was that his car is not meant for challenges like that it's a great not car a very expensive car i'm not sure if he was a great driver or not but it, the car was fast as hell but you i think he's probably a good driver i can't say that like if you throw that car onto a normal track and like drag race it or you know uh, any number of things like i'm sure it performs well but in these particular challenges that car is not built for that it's not going to work and it, and it, he yeah. showed it a $300,000 car versus a you know $30,000 car and he got smoked yeah um and that made me really happy because pretty early on, I was like, well, fuck, this guy's going to win because he has the best car by far. Like he's racing. And I and I couldn't help but think about the person, the the who had the the weakest cars, I guess, Axel Francois. And then the girl from South Africa had some low powered cars. And I was like, damn, he's going to kill them. But it didn't matter, especially against Axel. Axel annihilated him. Oh, Axel destroyed him. Um, Fielding Shredder actually had a very similar car to Axel, just a couple years newer. Oh, interesting. Um, and yeah, like at that point, it's the engine is totally different. First of all, on both those cars, definitely not the engine that the car came with originally, but very different power levels but also very different weight ratios um what was the guy's name with the lambo josh or jordan jared jordan jordan it was a j name for sure so like he could switch between all-wheel drive and rear-wheel drive that's insane Um, there was some some other weight things about his car and 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 mechanics that just didn't make it optimal and i was actually i don't know why we hated him so much because he wasn't a jerk but we just none of us wanted him to win. I uh, why did I hate him? I well, I hated him because he definitely had more money than me. <laughs> for starters, 100%. it was ego he has thing. Several patents and a mansion, uh, and a Lamborghini race car that he just butchered for fun. Like not yeah. even a Lamborghini that he just bought and drives. It's just like a spare Lamborghini. That's what that that's what a race car is. Yeah. Oh, I think I think what bugged me was that like these were all their cars straight from wherever they came from. Uh it's not like the show bought them cars or gave them a hundred thousand to dick around with a car, you know? So like there were a couple times uh on certain challenges where we'd you know how like the end of an obstacle course is always a straightaway and they just blast it? Yeah. So his car mattered. His like going, being able to fucking go to, I don't know what it was like forty to ninety in seconds mattered, and it, that his really that. made up time for him. So it like was he was an asshole in the course, and then he'd fucking rock it off. And I was thinking like that. That's simply because you have more money than everybody, and like there are so many better drivers, and people are losing to you right now because. You're going faster, even though they're way more skilled. But he still got... He still uh, got trashed. Like, last place every time, and then had to go head-to-head. And 
he would make it a couple times or he would lose a couple times. It was just like he eventually got knocked out of the race because his skills weren't there. Like he could blast the straightaways, but the drifting portions and the precision driving portions were not where his skills were at. But he, he definitely wasn't my least favorite person. My least favorite was that dude who uses door to hit shit. Oh yeah, dude. Not he was, okay with that. He was in the show for like ten minutes, and then yeah, he was out. Yeah, got rid of him fast on purpose. Yeah, he was. I'll I'll say this: it was creative. It was definitely a loophole, and it wasn't illegal. But it, if you are on a show that showcases people's ability to drive well and precise and drift and um like navigate crazy obstacles and fix their car on the fly and shit and and you come in there with a probably 120 150,000 car and instead of drifting you use your doors to hit the <laughs> obstacles nobody's going to like you you're the bad guy you're, yes. You're the mean stepdad. You're just the worst person. And he he was in the show for like ten minutes, and then they didn't show him again. Cause he lost. Like it was very clear how bad he was. He was doing that door thing because he was bad. And like yeah. the challenge after that, he placed so low he was gone. And and I remember when they showed the door thing, they showed the crowd in the in the audience, and all the other drivers were silent. They were like, "Are you fucking kidding?" Which is a great call because. One of the things that, like, uh, I, again, I was just watching, and we we see, uh, or we saw it when we were at the cabin, but here when Fal was watching, you know, I got the last couple dudes fighting it off, and everybody in the crowd is either watching their scores get beat or have already been eliminated, and they're yeah. all cheering regardless. They're all pumped. Yeah. And she's like, are, who are these people? Like, who's cheering? Who's there? And I'm like, those are all the drivers. And they're like, they're cheering for their competition? And it's like, yeah, dude. Like, even though you want to win, you also want to see someone else do really well. Like, you want to see these guys kick ass. And, like, you, yeah. of course you want to win. But when you watch somebody have a good lap, there's just nothing, like, better than that. And only a couple times did we see people that they had a great lap and then they see somebody that is pretty obviously going to beat their time and that person like gets a little bit bummed, but they're still like clapping, you know, (laughs) like you see that, but nobody clapped for that guy. Like they were all in agreement. Yeah. Long here. Yes. I, uh, I, there, there were two moments that I, I think back to when you mentioned that one is I think Brittany definitely wanted uh, Fielding's balls. I think she loved him. Yup, dude. Even she was, wasn't it her fiance that was her spotter. Yeah. And Fielding has a girlfriend, but I think she was all over him. I like, think so. They did a, like a little cut to her talking about him, just her, nobody else. And then, oh, it was, it was intentional. It must've been. That he did something fucking dope on his very last track, his last track, and it had her, Brittany, sitting next to his girlfriend, 
And it showed them when he did this thing, and Brittany got up and was like screaming and cheering, and his girlfriend I was saying that. <laughs> crazy. What's funny is I didn't recognize that it was like for him specifically, and there was like a romance there. I I, yeah. I recognized it a little bit, but at that moment when it showed her, I was trying to explain, uh, like to Val, I was like, I wanted her to win because she has a Z, and Val didn't care at all and i completely missed the the fact that she was next to his girlfriend and she's cheering way harder yes uh and they were like super touchy touchy the whole time so i'm like i'm thinking they they had a thing but good for them it would it well i mean they're both locked up but i think it would have been uh would have been cool if there was like a side relationship that came out of the game out of the show just come out with super race babies just ripping i know up, ripping up every <laughs> america in the world my my baby's first word was engine <laughs> comes out of the womb with a screwdriver and it's like yeah. <laughs> oh my god fucking amazing uh dude so what what were we gonna get oh the other moment that I loved a lot was he didn't win, and it bums me out because he was my favorite. Was at sushi, aka sensei. They Dude, call him sensei seriously. Literally teaches people how to drift. Um, he uh, when he slaughtered a run and he fucking turned on his police siren and lights when he was black. <laughs> I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> what I was, love is that there's two guys that have their own drift school both decorated their cars like cop cars yes yeah friends uh, and at sushi titagawa what was his last name tanaguchi tanaguchi both those guys are drift teachers in their home countries both (laughs) of them had cop uh cop-esque cars i thought that was so funny dude and i bet they're being super unique (laughs) they're like i know (laughs) Dude, and uh, the sh- the sheriff, I ended up really liking him. His name was Zhao. He was the other dude from Brazil. His car was pretty cool. The green, like, I picture him in, like, old cop movies where they're like, let's get on them, and they put the fucking light on their car. Oh, That's yeah. what it was like. So his was a cop car technically, too, but. He had such a good car. He was a really good driver. I really liked him. And I just think he had some bad mechanical luck, and that hurts so oh. bad, dude. It that, killed me. That's one thing, man. Like in uh, in Ninja Warrior, like your you your body's the only thing, so it's very rare that like you fucking snap your leg on a course and you can't continue. Everybody just continues until they crash or win. But in but there's because they're pushing their cars so fucking hard in this obstacle course. Their cars break down all the time, like very frequently. Yeah, like that who was sucks. that other French guy? Um, yeah, the other French guy, uh, Cauldron or Calden with the uh, the Charger the or the Challenger. Yeah, he yeah. he was doing great. I I really liked him to go far, mm-hmm. and his car broke catastrophically. Like there was not, it's not like an easy break. It was a really bad total your car break game over 
And it was so heartbreaking to just watch him get out and be like, yeah, this is it. Like, no way. And, like, the same with the girl from South Africa, that little girl who is just, like, crying. Oh, that was heartbreaking. Oh, but, like, um, Jow, the sheriff, had a couple of moments like that where, like, even it was right after his run and his wheel just pops off. And it's like, oh, shit. Like, what what is going to happen here? It's just that, not, not quite fair. It's it's not. Uh, that's the one thing. Like it's a, like a touch a touch of luck matters. But what I do like, I want I want to talk about what I like about the show because there's definitely something that I have to call out that I hate about the show. Oh, you I don't and know. I agree about this. Oh, see it. <laughs> but one of the things I like about the show is that it it puts everybody on in the even plane by not giving any drivers advantages. They picked drivers from around the world based on, you know, their yeah. backstories and their skills and all this shit, but they didn't give them any money for their cars. So they're like, you've accomplished uh, uh, uh. X, Y, and Z with the car that you have with the sponsors that you have, with whatever you have, you've done this well by yourself. We're not going to help you. We're going to invite you to this competition. So there, it feels like there's maybe some pay to play here, but as we discussed earlier, Captain Lamborghini would not (laughs) play no matter how much he could pay. And some of these other guys with cars that cost, you know, maybe 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 grand, have have been killing the game so everybody's on somewhat of an even plane in that they they get no assistance what killed me about this show is that there was no prize there's no incentive except for the fact that you get what i can only assume is an 80 dollar trophy dude yeah so they what the hell dude we were kind of talking about that like five six episodes in one of us was like hey well so what do they win and we were like i fucking don't know none of us knew and one of us was like notoriety like they're famous now like what is it and then like third to last maybe second to last episode they're like you win the hyperdrive championship so you fucking you get a trophy is what you're saying. Yeah, that's it. It's like if if it had been a competition that's been going for like, I don't know, 200 years, maybe that would mean something. But the the fact that this is the first one you get to win the hyperdrive championship. It's like, dude, this doesn't mean anything. This is an experiment. Like, give me 20 grand. 50 grand, 100 grand, a million dollars. I don't know. Minimum 100 grand. Minimum. Anything, dude. It's crazy to me that they're just like, you know what? You get to win nothing. I think, like, McCoy looked it up and he read that none of them were paid anything for any of this. Yeah. So they do get notoriety, which will help them if they're creative on social media. Similar to The Bachelor, where as 
as soon as I'm on The Bachelor, I get to promote some fucking makeup brand or something, and then I'm a millionaire. But like, I, I don't think that matters because at the end of the day, these people were your content, and you have to pay them as if they were actors, right? Like, they they a lot of them, especially the people in the last like three four episodes, had pretty active roles. You are the sole provider, sole entertainment for this show. If you don't have racers, you don't have anything. So, like, the fact that people uh, have fucking utterly destroyed their cars and they can't get back to it. And some of them do that shit full time, you know? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, Fielding Shredder quit his job to do this. That girl from South Africa, who I wish went further because I really wanted to see her do well. See her wreck ass. Her father sold their business truck to get them to America to do this competition. Like things so like shit. that. It's like, dude, are you are you gonna cover that? Are you gonna help out? Are you maybe gonna just gonna slip them some cash on the side? Like what's going on here, man? It's very rough yeah. to watch knowing that these people she cried on the track. I can't handle it. Oh her car I broke can't. down first race. That was so terrible. Oh See, like, yeah, that's man. where money matters, because, like, we don't... Her car was so fucked up, we don't even know how good she was. We didn't have a chance, because her car was so old and fucked up. But Jordan was so shit, but his car was amazing that he could... It it allowed him to get through a, a decent portion of the competition. Yeah, and he had the ability to bring spare parts with him. So, like, after every race, he could go back to the garage, patch up anything that was wrong. We don't know what she had available, you know? Like, yeah. if she had very little money, she probably had very little parts. She probably didn't have a lot of, you know, negotiating with the car of, like, hey, I fucked up that round, but I can repair it and do better next time. It's like, nah, these are all the parts that I had, and my, you know, my car couldn't handle it. Yeah, really, really tough. And look at Jordan's car every single race. It was pristine, perfect. But you could tell that certain other players didn't have the money to pull that off. Like Axel Francois, his cylinders were fried. And then uh, fucking Fielding, his spoiler and like bumper were missing. (laughs) That was my favorite is like all of his shit was duct taped together. Like, they definitely don't have money, and, like, that shows, and that matters. Um, fucking Zhao, the sheriff, he, he had to, like, do one race without the hood of his car. Oh, dude, like, without the front body panels of his car. It was, was it looked like a skeleton. It was great. That was scary. Got to see, I don't know, you, you, no offense to you, I love you very much, but you probably didn't know what you were looking at, but you could see the supercharger on the top of the car. It was like, nope. oh fuck like that is a that is a (laughs) monster right there uh who after maybe if you if it's possible to give me a top three who after jordan had the most powerful cars oh wow i okay so if we're looking if we're trying to dig deep into the all 28 drivers that's going to be hard no just Uh, do like the like the finale I'm going to say uh, the sheriff. 
his car was a monster. I want to say it was 700 horsepower. I think six, six or seven. It was pretty, pretty damn powerful. It was a supercharged Mustang engine. So it was amazing. Ready to go. Um, shit, probably fielding shredder. I don't know what engine he had in there, but I'm pretty sure it was an LS swap 240, which means nothing to you, but it's a V8. That's powerful as fuck. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure that was in there. Um, even Axel Graf's car was a uh, straight BMW six-cylinder, and that's powerful as hell. And a lot of these cars had turbochargers on them, so like they were powerful. So it's it's really tough to say who had the most powerful car. Um, and I don't remember them the the numbers being mentioned, but what I do remember is anytime a car that came on that was stock. So like Brittany Williams, they're like, Oh yeah, well she's got a stock three fifty and like she didn't. It was relatively stock, but it was like it should probably be around three hundred horsepower and like that was considered a low powered car. Um which to like the normal driver is pretty bonkers. Seriously, like I have one of those. It's a, you know, I haven't really done anything to it. Yeah. And I'd say it's a pretty potent vehicle. Um, if I drive Fallon's car, it's embarrassing because she's got less than half the power of that car. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm trying to drive. Please go. Like, if I, I drove her car all day today, just step on it. And it's like not wanting to move. And I'm like, oh, my God, what am I going to do with this thing? Um, but, like, in comparison, like, her car was one of the slower cars there was a stock Mustang that was probably about 400 horsepower. And like, that was weird. That was weird. Sarah Haro. That was her. That's who I'm talking about. And like when she was going up against certain people, I thought it was the dude that stock Mustang. Who did the dude, the dude that only was in for like one or two races. He like borrowed his friend's car. Remember? Oh, um, I don't remember his name, but stock. I do remember that. So that was, so that was more of a stock Mustang than Sarah Haro's, but it was, you're right. That was like a borrowed vehicle with like no, nothing really changed. That was, that was the proper definition of stock. Sarah Haro's <laughs> has been um, adjusted, but not, um, not, not a lot of performance upgrades, right? So like not a supercharger, not a turbo, not, not anything crazy. So her horsepower is pretty similar to what you would get if you bought it from the dealership. And hers is probably about 400. And you, when on her one-on-ones, you could see that she was getting smoked, which is crazy. Yeah, that was sad. 400 horsepower car is getting demolished. Yeah. Fuck. So... Uh, McCoy said that he thinks that this show might not happen. He read about it online. Might not happen for a second season because it was so expensive to ensure that they couldn't make it happen again. Which, I mean, it's Netflix, and they have all the money. They have the only person who has more money than them is fucking God. But, like, they... It's Netflix, Disney, and God. Yeah. God being third. The other two are... <laughs> but uh they Not first but you know whatever <laughs> but uh i mean it makes sense like i'm on very honestly surprised 
not more people got seriously hurt. Like, it seems so dangerous. You know, I'm not actually... I, I think it's not as dangerous as it appears. There have very specific course lines that you're supposed to stay within but the barriers the boundaries and the obstacles are not as um unforgiving as they look so like uh on the straightaways the barriers are plastic k-rails probably filled with water so like that's important smack it at 100 miles an hour it's not going to be great but it's not going to be as bad as if it was concrete so that's what they normally are made of is what they're normally made of, except for like when you pass a exit on the freeway and you see like those orange buckets. Yeah. Yeah, those are all filled with water. So like kind of to protect you so it's still not great for your car, but you're probably gonna be in much better shape. But good for you. That versus a bunch of concrete. Yeah. The cylinders that they have to drift around are like probably plastic tubes on rubber feet like you when when they hit them they just knock over right so it's not so dangerous I'm so curious what that shit's about like i was wondering if they like hit one of those like the pointy end head on what would happen it looks like it just would crunch like it wouldn't go through your car or anything oh yeah i don't know what they're made of but i'm assuming it seems very soft kind of like cheap plastic that they can form, you know, and then just put a few light bulbs in there, and it's like, boom, we have a, we have a lightsaber, uh, that's forty yeah. feet tall, and uh, yeah. a few other things like that. I'm trying to think. So the most dangerous parts were the walking on water, in which it's detrimental to the car, but I don't yeah. think it's deep enough to drown in. So, like, if, no. even if you flew off the road, your engine's toast, but you can probably get out and stand up and be fine. So, like, it's just, they, I think they've been very careful to mitigate their risk. The leveler is guaranteed to be the most dangerous yeah. and expensive 100%. contraption that they were able to come up with. Like, a, a huge... How long do you think that is? Let's say. They said uh, it was six uh, stories. It was six stories high. So very fucking high. Yeah. Six stories high. Probably 150 feet long. Seesaw. Crazy. So you have so to drive crazy. up on a ramp and and get onto it. And then try to balance it out. A few stories in the air. And then drive down it once it allowed you to like it's that was the worst part guaranteed everything else seems relatively cheap there were there were a lot of guardrails and shit on it like for the balancing act so i was never worried about that but when they were trying to get as close to the edge as possible that to me was dangerous like if you're hitting that at i don't know 40 miles an hour plus it doesn't matter the rail you're going over oh you're yeah you're screwed um which is why i think they had the two separate lights but you're totally right um if and the they closest had gone we over that, was six feet, right it would have been so bad <laughs> what was that 
And the closest we got was six feet, right? I think so. I didn't hear anything well, less than that. And I, I love, wanted, I wanted like six inches. Like that's what I wanted. Too. Like somebody me. just to slam right up to the front of it. And it would have helped them. It would have helped them. Because like their your weight closer to the edge makes it go down faster, so they say. But it would have only helped moderately, which is the worst part. Like nobody had any real incentive to go that hard. Except yeah. for feeling Shredder, who's just that's his personality. He's like, I'm going for it. Um God. Everybody was like, Is he reckless or bad? And he's like a bit of bit of both. He's a little bit of both. I think he was a really good drifter. Like I said, if you watch him drift through the targets, he killed. Yeah. yeah. Other performance aspects that you have to also be good at for this competition. And, you know, he didn't he didn't quite nail all of them. And he had a, like, legit problem fucking dialing it down when he needed to. Like, very simply, he'd be just traversing the track track and he'd be going fucking 90 miles an hour so he'd fly across the course and slam into a wall oh yeah dude well when you're in a hurry and you gotta think his car is the frame of his car is pretty light okay and i don't i'll have to rewatch because it was exciting as fuck but i i don't remember what engine they talk about him having or how much power his car has but his car is very light so if he had what i assume he had as an ls swapped engine which is probably like four to five hundred horsepower that thing is like uh the best way i can describe it is like when you flick like a like a folded up origami football like yeah there's like the force of a human muscle behind just paper just it's just gonna go (laughs) there's nothing to stop it from moving it's crazy wow i think my favorite my favorite challenge was the one where they had to fly across the field and do a moving 360 that was so sick yes dude i really really liked that because you know that, like, the only way to train for that is robbing a bank. Like, that's it. Absolutely. You, you just... And, like, what was it called? The, uh... Like, it was, they said, like, the action movie or something. No, it was... There was an R name. It was, like, the Ran... Like, the Robinson turn or the Ranson turn or something like that. There was a name for it that they had. But, yeah, you basically had to swing like you're you're driving on the track you nose into a target and then have to run reverse through some cones through some pillars and then at a certain point whip it 180 degrees and fly out head first without hitting any of the guardrails any of the penalty pins or whatever what do they and get out of the arena within a certain amount of time? Yeah. So you, and especially crazy. in the last few rounds, you have to do it twice. You got to go through it once, hit hit the front, and then spin around and do it again. So like it's so fucking bonkers. Ridiculous. But that actually, you're right. Was a really cool, um, 
really cool part of it. And they did yeah. kind of a like a one up on that portion later on in the series when it's like kind of narrowing things down and making the track harder is you have to do a 360 and while you're spinning they tell you where the exit's gonna be right so you like stop yeah blast forward full bore mid 360 they light up where you have to go <laughs> and then you got to so exit terrible. out that way That's... and you only have a certain amount of time to do it and it's like you oh got, my god you get so it's smacked like, with penalty yeah so it's like as much as we wanted some people to progress from the first race we look at these last obstacles and it's like would they have been able to handle this like we don't know you know and it, it sucks that we don't know yeah, um, because, you know, like in the case of the the Drift Queen in South Africa, we don't know if her car would have handled it. We didn't really get to see her her driversmanship. I don't really know what the the proper term for that is, but like we didn't right. get to see her full potential because she was cut out of the first race. It was pretty tough. Man, one of the ones we wanted to see so bad. Uh, I think it was pretty clear to us, spoilers, that a certain person was going to win. 100%. I think uh, it was very clear to us from the beginning that, spoilers, that Diego was going to win. Yeah. He, alert, Diego takes it, but he didn't take it without a fight. I was losing my yeah. mind during that run. He, his his level of precision and consistency was fucking mind-boggling. It was crazy how good he Dude, was. Dude, except for the last run. I Part of me thinks he that... He lost his ass a little bit. He, I think the pressure got to him. I mean, if this was all real, like, part of me thinks, oh, they had to spice it up because throughout the show, we were like, oh, of course it's going to be Diego. So, like, but that wouldn't have made for an interesting finale, you know? That's true. So I'm wondering if they, like, had to spice it up a little bit. But if nothing had been altered, then it does appear that he fucked up. And it appears to me that his dad was the greatest spotter of fucking all time, telling him to go back and hit that target. He wouldn't have won without that. That's true. That was unbelievable. And what hit me about that was, like, I wonder how many people thought, damn, should I have gone back? Should I have tried? Like... Because we didn't know, until that moment, we didn't know that going back for a target would subtract the time. And it's like, how do you calculate in your head, okay, I missed 10 seconds on that target. Is it going to take me less than 10 seconds to go back and hit it and come back to this right. moment? He was right? so like, we don't know. He we was don't know what that looks like. Quick to think of that. Like, I didn't even think that you could undo a penalty because no one, I don't think anyone had done it. That was the one time it happened in the whole show. And the guy was like, you're going to have to hit this or we're not going to win. And <laughs> he did. I just yeah. whipped around and did it. And he's like, done. I hit, I hit the target. With less than 10 seconds to spear. So that was the winning move. Yeah, it was. Oh. What a fucking, like, 
there's and there's no bullshit in this show, which is why I like it so much. Like, you do a race, you might hear a story for like three minutes, but then you do a race. Like the whole show is the race. The whole show is the race, and that was like, this is something you and me can bond on: is that we don't yeah. watch sports. Yeah, exactly, so exactly. We, we've never. Well, I can't say never because I like watching fights, right? That's the sport that I like to watch. I like to watch like UFC. But this with you guys watching this show made me pumped. Like anytime somebody would almost hit a target or smash through something perfectly or whatever, we would all scream and freak out. It was like the best thing of all time. It was like I that's what I love. And it made me feel like this is probably what people that watch baseball and football and soccer feel like all year <laughs> round, which is why they can't wait for it to come back. And it's like, you don't give a shit about that stuff. But this made me feel like that. I don't I don't follow anything like I I will watch any single sport in person and love it and be super invested. But I don't follow any anything on TV and I don't follow anything on app but if like you get me in a room with like 10 people and we're watching basketball and i find out everybody's on one team i'll just get invested like i'm like osmosis with it and yeah. that i just i just like the the thrill of it i think i could probably do that with any sport except something fucking slow like golf like even if the crowd was cheering about a golf swing i don't think i'd be about it yeah, it's like, dude, I've been waiting four hours for that guy to do that one thing. No way. Uh, but this, but this was cool. It was really fucking sweet. It was a lot of fun. And what they did well is that they didn't just show the sport of it, which is what a lot of sports do. Is like, you know, they show basketball or baseball or bowling or whatever the hell they they play but like this they <laughs> they had really good cool backstories and netflix style directing and so it was like all right i can i can get behind this whole deal and i like this and oh i don't want that guy to win no offense to jeremy or whatever the hell his name was with George. the lamborghini <laughs> You do not want to remember his name. <laughs> I can't remember his name, and I did not want him to win. Like, no offense to that guy. He wasn't a jerk or anything, but I just did That's not want nice. him to win. Like, I wanted other people to take it. Him and the the loophole man were the only ones I really did oh, not yeah. want to win. Nobody even knows that guy's name. Yeah, yeah, like, that's it. He came with a Mercedes, and he was like, oh, let me swing my doors open and hit these targets. Get out of here. Like, I don't even I, know I was picked. Yeah. I. Uh, what's what's crazy to me is that, like, you could be, I feel like the, the range of body type and physical ability is is much more forgiving when you do, like, the ninja game what is it called extreme ninja uh ninja Uh, warrior ninja warrior like you could probably be a bunch of different body types and get that done but you really seriously need to be good at driving to to fucking do this like i can't do this i could probably get away with a lot of the ninja warrior shit 
but you put me behind a sports car with fucking 400 horsepower, I'll flip it in a heartbeat. It's done. And and that's the thing that's really important to understand is that, first of all, most of the Ninja Warriors that go through are pretty damn fit. It's not like some sumo wrestlers getting through it. But, like, a lot of people, I feel, and at least I fear, watch the like a show or a race like hyperdrive and they're like oh you got to do this oh and they're like kind of backseat driving and it's like dude if you get behind the wheel of a car like that you are gonna lose it guaranteed yeah and like like when we were at the cabin one of the things you saw is you you immediately saw the lamborghini and you're like dude this guy's gonna win because he's got the best car yeah but then you watch them try to do the trials and you're like oh you got to have some actual driving skill you can have a nice car but if you can't handle it you're gonna lose yeah. so that yeah. you know like we were saying that guy had his car cost 10 times whatever the other car cost so insane. and he lost so it's that was so satisfying to me loved it so good i pray for a second season i'll gobble that shit up yeah if there's some kind of a thing I can sign to make that happen, let's do it. Yeah, like where do we have to sign or throw money? I'll do it. <laughs> They're like co-sign our insurance and we'll uh, make it happen right now. I uh, I would love to go watch it too. How sick would that be? Oh, I'd be all over that, dude. That'd be okay. fucking dope. Make that like an annual trip to go watch Hyperdrive. I, I know if we got in. Oh, I'd eat that up. It'd be very entertaining, too, because, like, I don't know. It'd be interesting to know some more stuff, like, how long it takes to reset a track. But average time that someone runs through a track is four to six minutes. So that's a fast, a fast, uh, I guess, term of entertainment. So how many yeah. time, how races would you get to watch? How long does it take to redo the lap? Is it, like, one race a night? What? How does it all unfold? Yeah, that's one thing we don't get to see. But I guess the only way to gauge how fast that happens is what the judges are wearing. Oh, to see like, call. Oh, wow. You know, like what night it happens on. But you, if you think about it, if if they wanted to make it as fast as possible, as soon as a driver blasts through some targets, and the and the targets, mind you, this is something Sterling and I both want, is like... <laughs> I know what you're going to say. Like a, a diamond shape. I don't know. It's probably two feet by two feet, do you think? Yeah, it's like a stop sign, but if it were sideways and diamond shaped. Yeah. So it's like, you know, like decent size. And it's full of holes... And in every hole, there is a ball, like a plastic rubber ball thing that has lights in it. So as soon as the car smacks into it, the balls pop out and they glow and they shine and they roll around. And and all you need to do is knock out one ball, I realized. Like, you really just got to tap it. Yeah, which I actually think somebody got misdiagnosed <gasps> on their score. No way. Now that we're sitting here and it's been a little while, I can't remember who it was. 
but it was probably episode eight or nine. And you can see they dock them the time, but there's a ball missing from the target. Oh, that's... And it's like, dude, if they put all the balls in the target and that ball's now gone, they hit it. Like, that's exactly, it. Exactly, exactly. But they still dock them the time. Now I have to... Now I gotta go back. I didn't write it down. You're but, so right. I feel the same way. Yeah, I but I saw it, and I was like, oh, shit. Like, there's a ball missing from that target. That sh- And that shit's lodged in, so it's not like the wind can shoot the balls out. Yeah, know? it's like two, uh, like, plywood straps thing, like, probably six inches apart. Like with, with a the ball rubber ball in mashed in it. Yeah. Oh dang. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to go back and look and show you because it's definitely like it's you know the first so in the last couple episodes, the first obstacle is them drifting through two things, right? Uh oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Two flaps, and they have to hit one in the front, one in the back. So dope. They've, that was one of my favorites. This person blows through that, and it looks like they miss, but the back one is missing a ball. And it's like, dude, I feel like that means they hit it. But anyways, all of this to say that we're going back to the time it takes to, like, you know, what if we were there? How long does it take to go? Yeah. As soon as somebody blows through a target, someone's probably are on the back end stuffing the balls back in. Right? Like no one else yeah, is gonna there go. Has to be that person. Yeah. They have to re so, they have to refill the water and the bridge. They have to re-level the bridge. Which probably I mean if it's not all automated, take a minute. Yeah, but you could probably oh, they have to do reset the, that, the the uh you know that what I forget what it's called the something vision or, or force perspective the that's what it's called oh shit the, yeah the yeah uh, I don't know how easy that is um there's a lot of shit. that also probably takes a quick minute that's crazy and yeah. what it says this that's the that's a really weird obstacle actually we should probably talk about is that uh the force perspective is an obstacle where on the racetrack, the driver is, you know, plowing through a straightaway and they go in between a row of shipping containers. And that row gets narrower and narrower until at the end for each driver, it is. Bro. And like, we're afraid to go through shit like that at like 20 miles an hour. And they're going at like 60 it's fucking insane. Dude, in the last few, they're going at like 100. It is crazy. But yeah, they like at the end of the thing, uh, it's it's supposed to be calculated at a two-inch gap per car. So that gap changes depending on which car is going through the, the race. So it's, so it's actually so it's not fair. like a It's not like an it eight-inch gap period. It's like... Oh, you're driving this car, and this is the width of the car. We're gonna give you two inches on each side, and that's it. Like they they reset it per car. That's 
really good to know because I thought that was another thing that was unfair. Like, what the fuck? My car is super big. Like, I have a Mustang versus your fucking Honda. Of course, my car is going to be bigger than yours. Uh, yeah. So that they, that they makes... made it a point to say that that was two inches on each side per vehicle. So I'm I'm so sure they always now. So it's always precision then always. Yeah. So you got to just be confident that like you know you know where your car is going to center. At sushi oh, it so every time. Like I mean like passed it every time. He was so good at that. Except for the one. And except Axel, for the one. Axel would also crush it, except for the one. The pressure of the last round gets to them all. Uh, kills a man. Uh, Corinna, I was really rooting for her, actually, at the end. She fucking fucked up real bad. Was she the one in the Mercedes, Alex's wife? Yeah, mi- uh, yeah, Miss Germany. She yeah. just really tanked. Like She crushed the bridge, the leveler, every time, and then couldn't do it this time. And then just panicked like with... I think 13 seconds left. She was like, oh, fuck it. I can't do it. And she just gave up. And that's fair. Like, un- as terrible as that is, dude, if mm-hmm. the pressure of the competition gets to somebody and that's their downfall, you can't give them a crutch for that. Like, that's it. You know, yeah. like, some people are just better under pressure. Diego. And that Jesus. is what it is, man. Diego Higa uh, ended up taking Cold the competition. Water spoiler alert but he and it was so close god damn it was it close. actually was very surprisingly i was happy at how interesting that was i thought it was kind of gonna be a blowout but axel who i ended up really loving was very close oh i liked axel from the way beginning because He's, he had yeah. uh it was it was labeled as a 200 sx which i'm a little curious about but it was basically what I consider to be a 240SX, S13, which is what I had in high school. Oh, and wow. He crushed it. He was amazing. He messed up races on purpose so that he could drive more. And, like, we, and we thought that was, like, just a ploy. And then one episode, towards the end, he was, like, doing a death match and then he fucking slaughtered and all of us looked at each other and we're like oh my god he's hella good (laughs) (laughs) that was sick he like said he was gonna do something and delivered and so it made him look fucking really cool he was so good he was like how funny he was like flirting with his wife while he's driving at 90 miles an hour (laughs) yeah dude it just showed what a badass he was love that guy um you know they should sell if they want to recoup money back on this shit they should do a like a bleachers and sell tickets for this shit and dude 100 percent. i mean <laughs> i'd pay let's see if it's in new york i'd have to pay let's say there's no COVID and everything's back to normal T- flights for new yorkers are like what 250 to 400 bucks in that ballpark is that it are you sure? Maybe a little more. Um, let's okay. Let's say five hundred dollars to get to New York, and it's a hundred bucks a ticket, one hundred fifty bucks. I'd pay six fifty to spend a weekend in New York and watch this shit. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I agree. I'd spend some money to get there. I think that'd be really fucking cool, but I it depends on how they how they run through it. Like if 
all the racers are there the whole time and they're just like in hotels chilling close by it makes sense they could make any race but you would have to have the races be entertaining enough for people to want to buy tickets right yeah yeah which is really tough to tell yeah and like they can't they can't tell you who or what you're gonna see they can't say all right you're gonna see your three fucking favorite racers but then again we won't know who the racers are because it's uh the show hasn't aired yet right yeah but i i don't know i think they could they could do a really good job recouping some money selling tickets for people to hang out on bleachers and watch these people race and put that pressure on early on dude like imagine if you had bleachers around the entire track that's like a hundred thousand seats that they could sell they could get after that yeah they get tons of money and these people are going to be you know extra terrified and it'll make things way more exciting oh my god yes that'd be so good um okay quick break or or we end it because i gotta pee hella bad um i actually think we're pretty done talking about this i mean we we can talk about different drivers and stuff like that but like ultimately i think we're done talking about the show um it was sick man i'm praying for a second season yeah me too man it was so good so it was on netflix obviously we both highly recommend and please go watch so we can get a second season please seriously yeah go watch go show it some support um if you want to reach out to us you can email us at aswspodcast at gmail.com you can call us or text us or leave us a voicemail at 415-488-5031 415-488-5031 you can also find us on social media on facebook instagram and twitter at aws podcast and with that wait and just a just a few words of encouragement for alex he's been working on a heist podcast and uh i just want to say this to put a fire under your under your ass so you get it done because i think it's legit the best podcast i've ever heard it's I'm a heist so, podcast. it's amazing god i'm happy to hear you say that i I'm in I deep struggle, but I'm glad you're in and I will finish episode three shortly. Release them to the world. God. Maybe I will. Maybe I'll just release episodes one, two and three to the world and see what happens and then go from there. Well, they're going to be highly successful because they're fucking really good. That's Thank you. Happen. Thanks very much, man. Spoilers spoilers they're sick as fuck (laughs) all right dude i'm glad we watched the show together because i was sick thank you for uh thank you mccoy for fucking finding this ultimately thanks mccoy you're right yeah and thanks for supplying the place for us to watch it together yeah dude all right man um cheers cheers catch you later dang Whatever we watch next is not going to be as exciting as this show. That's okay. Whatever it is. We'll figure that out in seven days. Yeah, as always. Later, man. Good to see you. Bye, buddy. Bye.